Welcome back to the Urban Lore Podcast. I'm your host, Tom Castaños. The definition of paranormal, um, pull it up on the Oxford Dictionary, um, denoting events or phenomena such as telekinesis or clairvoyance that are beyond the scope of normal scientific understanding. So that's a pretty broad brush to paint with. Anything that current scientific knowledge can't easily explain would be then defined as potentially paranormal, not normal, beyond normal. But how do we feel when that paranormal activity may be associated with our belief systems or religion? I think unfairly terms like paranormal develop a positive or negative connotation. Words can develop definitions they don't actually possess. When you say convent, most people immediately think of nuns, but there's no gender to that word. There are convents of male brothers as well, so there's not a specific connotation to that of of a gender. And I think in paranormal, um, maybe we think that that term is somewhat dismissive of our deeply held beliefs or religious ideals. But understandably, speaking to people that aren't there or being uh, controlled by a force that can't be seen um, or even communing with the dead. Remember, when I say religion, we're not just talking about Christianity. Talk about things like voodoo and whatnot, where communing with spirits is a very common practice. So whereas it may be paranormal in the respect that it's beyond current modern science explanations, it's no more mystical or unheard of in that particular faith. So, you know, keep that in mind when we use the term paranormal when it comes to events that may have some kind of significance to people's belief systems. We have a story tonight from Michael in Nevada that fits this category. So, I was I was raised Mormon. Um, I don't necessarily I don't practice today, but but I was raised Mormon and and I'm not going to go into depth about really about the faith, but you know when when you're younger, if you're a guy and when you're younger, there's this expectation that when you turn 19 or when you uh, today it's 18, but when when I was younger, about 20 years ago, when you turn 19, that you would become a missionary and you would go serve the church for about two years in in a number of places or in places around the globe. And so the way that it works is you are just, uh, the world's divided up into what the church would call missions and you're assigned to one of those missions. Well, um, you know, I turn 19, I get assigned to the uh, Sydney, Australia mission. And so that's where I go, Australia, kind of a cool place. And I spent most of my time in Sydney itself, in the city itself, um, but also I spent some time south of there. Our mission actually encompassed the national capital of Canberra. And as missionaries, you, you kind of work around the clock. 
Well, maybe not around the clock, but yeah, around the clock. Basically, six and a half days a week, you are out. At least in my case, we were knocking on doors. We were talking to people. We're trying to teach people about the church, convert them, and things of this nature. Additionally, uh, you're required to dress professionally. So at that time, we wore suit and tie, shirt and tie, depending on the weather, right? But uh, you are dressed every day. So every day I walk out the door dressed like a 1950s businessman. And additionally, um, depending on the location, sometimes you had a car you could drive, but other times you were just given bicycles. And so my weird story takes place when I was working in the capital of Canberra. Uh, I was paired up with another missionary. Missionaries always go in, in twos. So I was paired up with another missionary. And we were in an area where we had bicycles. And so we biked everywhere, all over the, the area we were assigned. And this was an interesting place. We we lived at this home that was at, at the top of a hill. But uh, leading up to this hill was another hill that every night we would bike down and we'd try to pick up as much speed as we could because at the bottom it would very quickly transition into the the other hill. And so we'd pick up as much speed so we could coast up the hill as fast as we could or as far as we could, and then we could pedal the rest of the way. But this was a nightly ritual that we would try to pick up as much speed as we could coming down this long, long hill. Uh, it, it was probably about a half a mile long, maybe maybe three quarters of a mile long, just a really long hill. So we really could pick up lots of speed. And I remember one night that the missionary I was with, he and I, we got to got to the, the edge of the hill where we were going to start going down. And I turned to him and I said, want to race? And he said, yeah. And I took off. I was just pedaling. And so after about 10 seconds, um, I had a pretty good lead. It was about 25 yards, but I was just flying down this hill. Um, and I remember, you know, it's dark. We have a little bit of street lights as we're driving down this hill, trees on one side, homes on the other. And at one point, I turn. And, you know, you, at this point, I can feel like the wind because I'm going so fast. I can feel the wind just slapping my face. But I, I turn and I look behind me to see if I can see where the other missionary is. And, I mean, you know, he's a little ways back. But as I turn back around, all of a sudden, like right in front of me, is a car, a, a parked car, not a not a car in motion. I was in motion, but a parked car. What had happened is, as I had turned around, I had started to drift to the left, closer to where the side of the road was with the homes, and there were parked cars. Well, I was close enough that I wasn't going to be able to swerve out of the way without hurting myself. I really couldn't slam on the brakes. The only thing I could do really was hit the car and, and that's exactly what happened um, here I am in this suit uh, and tie you know we of course have on helmets but my bicycle slams right into the front of this car and this is where it gets weird 
because what you would expect to happen was that the bike would slam into the car, the tire would crumple, the front of the car would be damaged, cracked, broken, whatever. And of course, I would fly over the handlebars and either land, you know, slam into the windshield and break a windshield. I was going fast enough that that should have been what happened. Or go over the top of the car. Um, and either way, I'm going to end up on something. I'm going to I'm going to be hurt pretty badly. Uh, the suit's going to be destroyed or torn or ripped or whatever the case may be. But that's what should have happened. But what really happened was as I hit this car, all of a sudden, as I start to go over the handlebars, I feel as though something kind of grabs me or it feels like something is, has a hold of me and it moves me as I'm moving forward it kind of moves me out of the way and off to the side of the car and I'm set down gently on the road next to the car and as I'm sitting here I'm like in shock I've just hit this car I'm in shock I don't know really what's happened but all I can think is what just, I mean, I should be injured. I should be, I should be hurt. And I'm looking, I'm checking myself for injuries, for blood, for whatever. And there was nothing. My suit, my shirt, my tie, my shoes, unscraped, unscuffed, untorn. Uh, I was unhurt sitting on the side of the road next to this car. And to this day, I would, I would absolutely doubt and question what had happened, except for the fact that as I'm sitting there, the other missionary that I was with bikes up and he's like, Elder. And we referred to each other as Elder. Um, he's like, Elder, what just happened? He's like, you should be dead. And, you know, I, I stood up, I went around and looked at the front of the car, undamaged. I went and looked at my bicycle, undamaged. And I'm not talking like not, you know, maybe a paint scraped here. No, nothing, nothing happened to the car. Nothing happened to the bicycle. And uh, I, I didn't, even though nothing had happened, I still went up to the front door of these people and I knocked on the door I said, hey, look, I ran into your car with my bicycle. They, of course, they were so concerned that, that I was really injured or something. I think they were afraid I was going to you know, sue them. But uh, they came out and looked at their car, and they're like, are you sure you hit it? And I was like, yeah, I, I hit it full, like, full on. They're like, there's no damage. And so we chatted for a second, and uh, I hopped on my bicycle, and we, we biked away. And again, I'm not saying that I hopped on my bicycle and limped home. No, this bicycle was undamaged. The, the fender wasn't bent. The paint wasn't scraped. I mean, nothing. And we kind of talked about it for a little while. And, you know, we're like, we at the time, we thought it was angels. Like, obviously, I was protected by angels. And this is an interesting thing. It dep- really depends on who I talk to, the, the, the result that I get. Um, when I talk to my family or when I talk to friends who know the story, they, they will sometimes, or they will always say, if they are, 
uh, practicing members of the Mormon faith. They would always be like, Michael, obviously this was angels. It was a miracle. This proves that the Mormon faith is true. And I think that's very interesting logic. Or I always will say, I think that's interesting logic because if a miracle happens to a person, uh, then obviously it proves that their faith is true. The problem with that logic is that if we apply that to other faiths with other people that also experience miracles, that would then prove that their faith is true as well. And so where I sit today, and if somebody were to ask, well, what does that mean to you today? Uh, although I'm not religious in nature, what I like to have, and this it's a primarily based on this experience, but what I like to have is an open mind and an open heart to things that things that are unknown, things that uh, can't be explained, because there are a lot of things in this world that we don't know that we can't explain. And I want to leave space for those things. Michael, thank you for that story. Um, We're glad you're okay. Have you ever had an experience where something unseen protects you, where otherwise you may have been injured or heaven forbid even killed if you have we'd love to hear that story you can record it the way michael did and email it to urban lore podcast urban lore podcast all one word at gmail.com or of course you can just write it to us if you don't want to read it yourself we'd really love to hear it in your voice you can also follow us on Twitter at Urban Lore Pod, Urban Lore Pod on Twitter. Please remember to let all your friends know about the show. That's how we get these amazing stories. For the Urban Lore Podcast, I'm Tom Castaños. <laughs>